G'day, I'm Scotty North and this is Zenium Live where we talk all things money, finance and property and we are back from a week of hiatus. Uh, last week I just decided to go walk about through, uh, through Queensland and didn't feel like doing any live streams but I'm making up for it this week with two great guests and on that note I'd like to thank everyone who's watching us live now. You can ask questions if it's live in any of the comment boxes you see wherever this is in in uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. You can put, post comments there and questions. You'll be able to see them pop up and be able to answer them for you live. And thank you to everyone who's watching us uh, again on repeat and, of course, listening to us on the Zenium Live podcast. So I mentioned we have two great guests, and today's guest, I'm told, is so well-recognisable that he has to wear a disguise when he leaves his house. And not only that, his favourite form of image distraction is a mullet wig. I am, of course, talking about the Sherlock Holmes of property research, the founder of hotspotting.com.au, Mr. Terry Ryder. Terry, how are you going, mate? I'm really not sure, Scotty. Um, after that introduction, um, I'm not sure where to go. <laughs> but I'm, I'm feeling well. I'm feeling warm. Um, summer is upon us. Um, I'm feeling, um, yeah, pretty energised by by what's going on uh, in real estate markets around Australia, um, which is um, the story of you know, many, many locations are heading into um, or, or are already in boom phases and um, you know, very competitive markets, uh, vacancies very low, rents rising, prices rising. It's a, a story that's not really getting out in mainstream media so much because they're so obsessed with Sydney and Melbourne and Sydney and Melbourne really aren't doing that to the same degree as the smaller capital cities and the regional areas and it's particularly the regional areas that are very hot for all sorts of reasons at the moment. So it's keeping us very busy keeping up with all of that and also keeping up with demand from customers of various sorts who, who want reports uh, so they can maybe take advantage of the growth that's, um, that's happening in those places. Well, that's, uh, that's kind of what we're here to talk about today. I mean, you've just recently released a new report, uh, and I've got it on the screen here. Let's have a look-see. Uh, and it is called Australia's Infrastructure-Led Property Boom. Um, and you've put in 10 hotspots in that report. So we're going to break down a handful of them today. Uh, but this is really interesting. I mean, you always talk about infrastructure. I mean, that's just one of the things that you do. You're very big on talking about infrastructure. But... This report that I've I've got here um, is 120 pages, mate. This is probably apart from your your big report. Is it the Rider Report or the annual one that you do? This is have to be the largest report I've seen you put out. This is exceptionally detailed with there's just so much information in it. I mean, obviously it takes you and your team a long time to do it, but what made you go to such lengths, or is it just the fact that there's so much information there? Well, because it was necessary, because it's um, something that we see coming and we think people need to know about. Uh, the, the first point is, um, you know, we're predicting a national property boom. And what we're also saying is we think that in many parts of Australia, it's already underway. And that's supported not only by the anecdotal evidence from people at street level in many of these markets, but also by the data that's coming through on prices and rents and vacancy rates, supply and demand. Um, but we think that the infrastructure-led economic recovery is going to make that even more so. It's going to touch a major movement towards a national property boom that's already underway because it's very clear that 
federal and state governments intend that the recovery from the <coughs> pandemic-induced recession is going to be uh, primarily led by fast-tracking major infrastructure projects. It's not only about that, but it's a huge part of it. And that's hugely influential in all kinds of ways. It um, Nothing pumps up real estate markets more than big spending on infrastructure. It makes places more attractive, more accessible, more amenable, but it also creates a lot of e economic activity and jobs, and that from that comes demand for real estate. I think that infrastructure led, the fast-tracking of anything that's Near, near to shovel ready is going to create also a resources boom which some sources say is already underway as well but it's certainly going to make that more certain uh, because if you're building lots of new roads and rail lines hospitals and universities you're going to need lots of iron ore and a whole lot of other resources so it's all very very significant and um it's probably not yet been appreciated that's why we thought we needed to do this report that's something people need to know about and then Okay, that's going to happen. Which places are going to show the most growth in real estate? Um, so we, we found it very hard to select just 10 because we could have had a top 20 or a top 30 uh, because there are so many places that are going to get uplift. But we, we selected 10. Um, and um, I think they're all places that are worthy of note by property investors. All right. Well, let's let's have a quick look at the report and have it. I mean, let's pick a handful here of uh of locations to have a bit of a, a dig deep into terry so i'm going to scroll through and uh you've you've got the you summary and an introduction and then we've got a few other places that we're going to go and talk about now so the first two that you mentioned you wanted to have a word about was the badgeries creek and blacktown now you said you want to sort of talk about them together as a whole so let's let's do that i mean tell us obviously uh, for anyone that has a bit of a clue about this area that is the the airport site the second airport site for, for sydney but is that the only reason it's in there or is there something you know a lot more than that there is a lot more and that, that's why both those places are there they're both um part of the western sydney economy which is one of the great growth economies in australia it's uh, i can't remember whether it's the third or fourth largest economy in australia now and it's it's become increasingly significant and infrastructure spending is a big part of it. The new airport's very important, uh, but it's not the only thing happening out there. Um, the most important thing about the airport is not so much the planes that are going to be landing and taking off, but the what will spring up around it. They're calling it the Aerotropolis. Um, and what we know to be true is that in all of our major cities, wherever there's a, a major airport, there's a huge industrial commercial precinct around it. It becomes a massive jobs node. I think the biggest jobs node in Brisbane is uh, the um, what they call the Australian Trade Coast precinct, which is um, because it's not only near the international airport, but also the port of Brisbane, and that's the biggest jobs node. Not the CBD of Brisbane, but the Australian Trade Coast commercial precinct near the two ports. Um, so this airport is going to create a massive jobs node. It's going to create lots of infrastructure because there will need to be road links and rail links to it. So that's going to pump up markets that are nearby, like Blacktown City, for Blacktown City, for example. And um, but there are other things, like the state government announced about a month ago, they're going to be spending a billion dollars on the CBD of Mount Druitt, which is a suburb of Blacktown City. Uh, and there's a lot more. There's a lot more happening in terms of hospital upgrades, um, expansion of education facilities, upgrades to rail and, and road links. Um, and uh, but a lot of it's going to be generated by the airport, and um, 
the associated infrastructure. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a compelling market. I would say as background that Sydney and Melbourne both had property booms from 2013 to 2017 approximately and really nowhere else in Australia did. It was portrayed in me as a national property boom, but it wasn't. It was really those two big cities. And the reason they did and Brisbane didn't and um, Perth didn't, Perth was actually going backwards, um, was because there was so much being spent on infrastructure, in, particularly in Sydney, and um, like the North Northeast Rail Link, for example, and many other things. They've just opened the new um, tunnel, which is connecting. There was a missing link when you're heading north from Sydney to head up the Central Coast. There was a big missing link. They've just opened the tunnel, a multi-billion dollar infrastructure project that's going to bridge that gap. And Sydney, it rolls on in Sydney. Um, with um, what's happening out in Western Sydney, and it's hugely influential. It's the primary reason why Sydney had that property boom, but other capital cities didn't, and so very significant. Yeah, and and we often talk about vacancy rates. I mean, this is uh, the table in the report here. Um, Badgerys Creek, I mean, zero percent. Yeah, half a percent. And, and and this um, is, is common around Australia. In fact, um, the fact that some of those postcodes have got vacancy rates above 2% is a little bit unusual because mostly it's 1.5%, 1%, 0.5% across Australia. Mm. And this is at a time when Sydney's overall vacancy rate is 3.5%, depending on whose figures you believe. And that's largely um, inner, city, inner city Sydney where vacancies are high. Uh, but other parts of Sydney, like this precinct, um, very, very low, and that's a significant factor for for investors, for everybody. Uh, there's a shortage of rental properties, the crisis really in Australia, and that's one example of it. There's just not enough available for rent. That means rents are rising. When rents are rising strongly, prices, uh, sale prices do follow. We've seen that. That's something we know to be true. It's a pattern in the market we've observed over decades. So it's very significant in areas where vacancies are that low and um, something for investors. It's a good leading indicator. Um, most of what you get in media is backward-looking indicators. They tell you what's happened to prices in the last 12 months, but it doesn't inform the future, whereas vacancy rates do help you um, get a glimpse of the future because if your vacancy rate is 0.5%, you're going to have rising prices in that area, and that's inevitable. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I really like using vacancy rates as an indicator of uh, yeah. of that forward looking and obviously current forecast. I think it's very important. All right, so moving on, uh, our next spot that we wanted to have a look at was the uh, was the Hunter region, I believe. Um, so that's a, that's a decent sized region, Terry. So take us through what's going on there. Well, um, as if you can, people can see the, the words on the screen there, it, it makes the point that the Hunter region, you know, just outside uh, Newcastle, uh, which is a very important regional city. It's bigger than many of our capital cities. And um, it's the largest regional economy in Australia. And it's very diverse. Um, it's in the news because Labor's squabbling over climate change policy. It really comes out of the Hunter region. Job was given as the member for Hunter, and he knows that many jobs in the Hunter region are dependent on the coal industry, and that's a problem. But in terms of climate change policy, uh, but in terms of the local economy, it's, you know, an important creator of economic activity and jobs. But there's also um, lots of other things happening there. There's agriculture, there's the, you know, massive 
you know, horse, and you know, it's one of the major horse breeding and training locations in Australia. It's a massive wine industry. Uh, there's lots of different things happening there, so it's got diversity. But uh, the infrastructure spend is very significant. You know, three billion dollars in transport upgrades is just the um, Singleton Bypass alone, which has been funded recently by state and federal governments. Just in the last month, that was announced. Seven hundred million dollar project and just one project. So all of that's um, putting the, the Hunter region back on the, the radar screen. Uh, very affordable. You can see some of the typical pricing also on the screen for some of the suburbs that make up the Hunter region. So for an investor, that, that's a very affordable place to buy in an area that's got, um, you know, always has strong demand, but it's going to grow because of, you know, the, those highlights that are on the screen there, uh, resources, projects, transport upgrades, um, development of housing estates, and just the diversity and strength of that economy. That's uh, an important place in Australia and right next door to Newcastle, very significant city uh, with a, a major airport um, and a whole lot more. So, yeah. So what what we've seen so far is obviously the, the, the Blacktown, the airport area. I mean, that's a massive infrastructure project. And then there's the, all the related infrastructure that's around it. So, I mean, it's not just for the airport in terms of for freight it can be uh you know a processing plant for uh, for anything else that goes there um it can be for the workers can be for the housing around there so there's a lot of things that come when a new big piece of infrastructure happens we're seeing it's almost like a feeder to that area and the same thing with this hunter region i mean with newcastle is kind of like the the port hub i mean everything else becomes a bit of a feeder and and a processing system for that major piece of infrastructure that's already there. And the thing about the Hunter region, we've published two major new reports. The other one was the Exodus to Affordable Lifestyle. The Hunter region is also a great fit for that as well. So it's it's going to get pumped up by two very significant national trends because it's it's a wonderful lifestyle region as well, Uh, affordable, um, close to a big city, not that far from Sydney. wine you know people uh, hill change areas that uh, got a wine industry um that that's an extra element that people love from a lifestyle viewpoint so hunter's a a special place uh, for a couple of reasons at the moment yeah so let's take a look at this um we've got the vacancy rates i mean they're all really really low yeah yeah And, and and if we went through Every one of our reports that we have currently on the shelf, Scotty, um, we'd be seeing vacancy rates like that um, right across Australia, and it's ridiculous. I mean, that means that there's so little available for rent that whenever anything comes up for rent, there's people competing for it. There'll be 40 or 50 people queuing up outside the open house offering well above the asking rent to try and secure it or offering to pay six months in advance. We're hearing all sorts of stories like that from around Australia, but Hunter region is one of those places, you know, we're at 0.4%, 0.8%. It's it's, it's actually a crisis from the view. It's a crisis. But from the viewpoint, from the the, uh, singular viewpoint of property investors, it's an opportunity because um, those are the sorts of places where you could profitably buy a home or or build a new one, um, get a new house and land package, and you'll be offering not only a property to a market that's starved of rental properties, but a, a, a new one with all the mod cons, and you're going to be able to get a very, very good rent for it 
in locations like that that have such low vacancies. Great opportunity for investors at the moment. And it can't change any time. That's one of the factors, uh, Scott. It, it, it's not easy to, to turn that around because it takes time to, to build new houses. And there's all sorts of reasons why we've got to this point. And to turn that ship around and start getting back to a point where we maybe have 2 or 3% vacancies, which is a nice balanced market, it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's going to take years to correct. So there's opportunity there um, in the short to medium term for investors. Yeah, look, look, I totally agree with that. Uh, now, the Hunter area, I like that area as well. Um, Toowoomba. Now, Toowoomba probably back would have been based on one of your reports a fair while ago, mate. I mean, we, we went out there for clients. We did some new construction and did some established home buying uh, probably uh, almost eight years ago. Uh, back a while before that bypass was even sort of in the news. So we're out there. And then we pulled out probably 18 months or so after that. Um, but it's back on the cards. And I like Toowoomba. I think it's an agriculture uh, powerhouse uh, west of Brisbane. If you don't know where it is, check it out on a map. But, uh, Terry, it's in this report. And um, I have purposely not gone through a lot of detail in the reports because, firstly, I think people should be buying your report, even though we're talking about it. We're just giving some high-level stuff. But I wouldn't mind digging into a bit of stuff here on just, just picking the one on Toowoomba because there is a lot of infrastructure being spent here. So, you know, obviously it's in the report for that reason, but tell us what you love about Toowoomba. Well, it's going to be um, a growth market and a growth economy. That, that That's for certain because of, we know what's what's already there, but what's building in the near future. One of the things I really like about it is it's not hot yet. And many of the places that we uh, might talk talk about, because um, you know, there's, there's what I see as a national property boom building already in some places, incredibly strong competitive markets already. This place is, is really just getting started. So it's that's the opportune time for investors to buy before it gets hot. And this is one of those places. It's just starting to, to move um, after you know several years. It became a victim of its own success previously, and I think developers polled into Toowoomba half a dozen years ago and probably built too much, and vacancies were high. Um, but right now, it's just another one of those places. The vacancy rates in the main postcodes for Toowoomba are 0.5% and 0.2%. And um, that... <laughs> That is even more ridiculous than, than than the Hunter Valley, and it's going to get worse before it gets better because um, of what's coming up. One of the, one one of the important things that recently happened was the new airport, and that's been massively influential. So it was a privately built airport, um, but it's, it means that there's now direct flights from Toowoomba to some of the m most significant cities in Australia, which they didn't have before, um, and it's allowed them to uh, snare the. Qantas Pilot Training Academy, which is probably not uh, relevant right at this moment because Qantas isn't flying very many places, but in normal times it's going to be, you know, it's, it's an important thing for a city like Toowoomba to get. Um, so, so it's got that new airport and that's an important thing for business, but also it's got the inland rail link coming. Um, it's um, a piece of infrastructure that's costing almost $10 billion. It's not just being talked about by politicians. It's already well underway. They're actually now building like the second major phase, which is in regional 
New South Wales heading up towards Narrabri, which isn't that far south of the Queensland border. And the next phase will be Toowoomba, which is the pivotal point in Queensland for the inland rail link. So it's going to make that plus the new airport is going to make Toowoomba a city of very great strategic importance. And then, and then you, you've got on screen there some of the the major projects that are underway or um, mm. proposed for Toowoomba. And it's quite a long list. And when you put it all together, it's many billions of dollars of investment in a city that um, we like because it's got a, um, a diverse economy. It's got manufacturing. You mentioned agriculture, but also resources. I mean, it's the capital city uh, for the Surat Basin Resources Precinct, which um, is um, you know a very important resources mm-hmm. in Australia, particularly for gas, um, which the federal government likes. I'm not yeah. Doesn't make, um, yeah, we won't go into environmental issues. That's that's for another day, but it's very important economically. Um, it's also a government administration centre. It's got a tourism industry that's very strong. It's, Torm is renowned for its parks and gardens and its annual carnival. Flowers. It's yeah. Flowers, Terry. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and it, you know, it's a good place. I mean, you and I know it pretty well because it's not too far from where we live, but, um, you know, I'm, I don't know how, how well Toowoomba is known um, in other parts of Australia, but it's a very important. It's our, I think it's our second largest, Australia's second largest inland city. And um, mm. if we just scroll down, we can see the current population of the Toowoomba local government area is 160,000, and it's projected that it'll grow to above 200,000 in the next 15 years. Um, so there's a lot coming up. And if we look look at the um, the page with the prices, there's been some. Some price growth in some of the suburbs, and it's you know four or five percent. One's grown eight percent, another thirteen percent. But um, generally speaking, it hasn't really got on its its growth path. It's just really starting to build. So it's an opp- opportune time to to be looking into Toowoomba, where you can buy good houses in the three hundred thousands and get um, rental yields that are maybe sort of five five and a half percent with very, very low vacancies, so those yields are likely to rise. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, opportune because it hasn't really, it hasn't had the boom yet, uh, but it's coming. I'm quite sure it's coming to Toowoomba. And I'd just like to say that airport really is something else. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to go check it out, it's pretty impressive. You sort of come over the hill and you go, whoa, there's an airport in the middle of, middle of nowhere right just absolutely created out of the dirt and uh it's a it's a pretty interesting thing to go and see and what it's done is like what you talked about with blacktown and what have you is that now there's all this infrastructure because there's that big piece of like almost like the anchor infrastructure um then you know the sheds pop up and the other businesses pop up and now the other businesses supporting those businesses pop up and it just creates this whole ecosystem of self-fulfilling prophecy when they go and put out one big anchor piece of infrastructure there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, airport, airports are like that and just this huge employment node springs up around people who have a reason to be close to airports. And the thing thing is for national businesses, you know, looking for places where they can set up their big distribution networks, where can we go where the land is cheap, much cheaper than the big cities, it's got a major airport and it's got major rail links. Well, Toowoomba, starts to tick a lot of boxes for, for that sort of thing. So serious uh, businesses are going to be moving there for that reason. And that'll create jobs, and, of course, the jobs will create demand for real estate. So in a, in a city where vacancy rates are well under 1%. So, 
yeah, look out. Tulma is about to become one of those places that um, you probably wished you owned real estate in. <laughs> and it's got good flowers, I'll say it again. All right, so the final one that we want to talk about today is uh, a little bit close to the to my home, literally, and we're talking about the Sunshine Coast. It's something that Terry's talked about for, well, it's got to be close on 12, 18 months now, Terry, that you've had this as almost Australia's number one location. Um, yeah. And I've got to keep asking you, is it just because you, you know, live relatively nearby or does it actually have a good reason? Oh, look, I'm glad you asked me that question, Scott. You know, all of our report, we, we, we always take a positive outlook. You know, there's, there's, there's ample negativity in media. We don't need to add to it. So our outlook is always positive, but we think balanced. Um, most of our reports are telling people the good places to buy, but we have one report that tells people the places to avoid, and that's called the no-go zones. And half a dozen years ago, the Sunshine Coast, uh, not far from where I'm currently sitting, was in that report because we felt it was not a good place to buy. It was just a tourism market, and tourism markets are very vulnerable, very fickle, not a place that you get sustained long-term capital growth. So now it's our number one pick in Australia. What's changed? Well, infrastructure spending has been the, the, the difference, $20 billion plus of infrastructure spending, which is still a work in progress, but it's created new industries. It's made the Sunshine Coast not just a just town, but a serious city. I would argue it's an international city. It's got an international airport as a result of the half billion dollar upgrade that's just been completed. It's going to have the subsea cable, the fastest internet links from anywhere in Australia to Asia. Uh, it's got a world-class medical precinct that wasn't there three years ago, $2 billion hospital plus a whole lot more around it. A new CBD is being built from the ground up. Um, there's, there's just so much, and it's transformed the economy. It's made it a, a compelling growth economy and a place that people are moving to from other parts of Australia to, to work in the new hospital in the new CBD. Um, serious businesses are moving to the Sunshine Coast. It was actually, there's, a, there's an annual award. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but every year they have an award for the world's most innovative city. And first they create a short list of seven locations. Um, and last year, Sunshine Coast made the short list, didn't win the award, but it was in competition with places like Chicago in the US, uh, the Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. But it was ranked as one of the seven most innovative cities on the planet, um, which was testimony to the fact that the Sunshine Coast has been transformed from this sleepy tourist a town into an international city and that's why we rate it so highly now and it's all been achieved by infrastructure spending and um, that's the significant thing that's why that's the great it's a great case study in why we um we rate infrastructure spending so highly as a generator of economic growth and out of that uh, growth in property so. and back to what we talk about a lot on this show especially today Vacancy rates, I mean, they're pretty low as well. I mean, you know, when one when two percent is a balanced market, one percent is, you know, is unbalanced, and you're getting down to, you know, as low as 0.4 percent. I mean, once again, it's not zero, but it's close enough. Well, you know, the industry regards three percent as as equilibrium balanced. Anything below that's heading towards undersupply. When you're below one percent, it's it's ludicrous, and it is, because I know people who are looking and just can't find places, and it's like, what do they do? Where do they go? It's um, it's 
um, a crisis, uh, a shortage crisis in rental accommodation. But again, for property investors, it's a massive opportunity. And what we know from the lending figures is that the the momentum in markets around the country is, that currently exists is coming from owner-occupied buyers, first-home buyers and other types of owner-occupiers, and investors aren't particularly active. And you've got to wonder why. They, they're just missing opportunity. Maybe they believe the headlines that said property prices are going to collapse and they were waiting um, for that to happen and to buy cheaply. Well, it hasn't happened and it won't happen. They're actually heading in the other direction. And it's um, just to give more credibility to my forecast of a national property boom, it's now coming, those forecasts are now coming from the big boys and girls. Um, Westpac and ANZ have both in recent weeks uh, made their forecast for next year and they're forecasting very strong. They're both admitting, hey, we got it wrong and we, we said prices would drop 20%. Yeah. That hasn't happened. This is what we now think will happen um, and they're forecasting big growth in the next 12 months. Um, we think yeah, I read one, I think it was, I don't know if it was NAB or ANZ this morning had said uh, they've revised their forecast from negative 10% to positive 9%. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's a 19%, you know, turnaround. That's a big deal. I know. Let's face it, you know, economists don't really know too much about residential property. They quite often get it wrong. Um, but so they're now admitting they did get it wrong. And they're seeing that um, we're heading into a period of, of growth. Um, you know, there's going to be um, the, the Reserve Bank just in the last few days um, also observed that the economic recovery is going to be more dramatically positive than they previously had thought. And all the stimuluses out there in um, the market, the fact that the virus um, is pretty much under control in Australia, notwithstanding the, the recent smallish outbreak in Adelaide, which we hope will be kept that way um you know we're um, seen as the world as one of the safest places to be <laughs> because we got this thing um under control way better than europe or the united states and um expats are wanting to come back to australia that's going to pump up markets um once they're allowed to people are going to be mig migrating here in droves um so we've got a lot of uplift coming and um i just think investors need to be taking some action now um there's no no longer a case of sitting on the front fence and waiting to see what happens it's already happening what you're waiting to see is already happening so it's time to get on board i would suggest yeah look i agree so just on this sunshine coast section i mean you've got this little uh table here uh, i mean is that right 25 schools in the caloundra south area i mean yeah, well, Look at the jobs, 20,000 jobs, 9,000 jobs, 45,000 jobs. I mean, the, the thing is just going off. Well, I mean, we're talking about over time, but, I mean, they're not building a housing estate. They're building a city. I mean, yeah, 50,000 residents when they when they, when they built the whole land holding, that, that's, that's a small regional city. Um, you know, Toowoomba's about 100,000, so, you know, it's a substantial see just in one development so yes they will need those schools and of course all of that as as they they release make land releases and they build um you know the shopping centers to go with the, the land releases they're already sold and occupied um and the schools that just just keeps generating it just becomes this this economy within itself 
And the Sunshine Coast has got a number of those things underway on top of all the other infrastructure that we talked about. Well, on that note, I want to talk about, you know, you and I both on the same page that I think investors should be capitalising at this time. I mean, going through the COVID time, I was very cautious on, uh, you know, waiting till the lockdowns were sort of starting to end and that sort of thing. And we made that very public in our, in the information we put to our clients in our database. But I'm very much now saying that if we're going to see these things continue as we are, then there is some serious action to be had in these markets. Uh, don't sit back and wait for property prices to tank because at this point in time, I'm not seeing it. And I'm not necessarily a big property bull. I try and see it and speak it how it is. But at the end of the day, uh, we're not seeing that. In fact, everything, every bit of data I'm seeing in both the stocks and shares market, financial markets and property markets is saying the opposite, which is kind of counterintuitive in some regards. But Terry, I think investors need to get back in and capitalise on this sooner than later. Yeah, and, and there's great opportunity, particularly in regional Australia. Now, the, the trend that's driving these markets to be so strong as they are were underway before we even heard of COVID-19. Uh, some of them have been growing strongly for two or three years already. Um, it's just that the, the, the pandemic and the loss, et cetera, have, have exacerbated that trend uh, because it's all about technology and the ability to work remotely. That's what's really the driving. And people realise, well, we, we live in, we, we chose to live in the big city uh, for our work and it's, it's expensive, it's congested. We spend two or three hours a day commuting. We'd like a better lifestyle. And if we can achieve that at half the price in a regional centre while working remotely through technology, then that's what we want to do. And people have been making that choice for a number of years now. And, um, but it's been turbocharged by the pandemic and the lockdowns, particularly in Melbourne. And, um, and so it's become what was a, a steady drift has now become a stampede. And, um, you know, the numbers uh, are quite compelling. So that's why we've got um, booming property markets in regional centres like the Sunshine Coast, um, like the Hunter region we talked about, places like Ballarat in Victoria, uh, it's got a second wave of demand, um, so it's just rocking on and on. And there's dozens and dozens of other locations that also uh, are good examples of it and um, great opportunities, again, for property investors. Um, it's, um, there's certainly not going to be any price decline in these places any time in the foreseeable future. The opposite is happening. Yeah, that's a good point. And, look, if you are a property investor and want to capitalise in these areas, I mean... That's the service that we provide. Uh, you definitely need to jump on to the Property Hotspot website, which is www.propertyhotspot.com.au. And that will take you straight through to the webpage. And that website is specifically set up to help investors buy a property in Terry's hotspot location. So our locations that are identified by Terry Ryder and his research team, we take them at Property Hotspot and we only facilitate properties in those areas. So uh, to have a quick look at that, we've got here on the website now some examples. We've got 20 examples on there of property. Uh, and we've got New uh, Sunshine Coast, we've got Moreton Bay region, which is in Terry's uh, top 10 location report. Um, we go down, I think we've got Ballarat. Um, 
We've got the Caloundra South, which is just what we're talking about with the 25 schools and the 50,000 residents. Um, and we've got Adelaide. Uh, and of course, anything else that we're compiling at the moment is coming on in these infrastructure locations as well. We've got our builders being screened in Toowoomba as we speak. We've got options down at uh, the Hunter region uh, coming online through one of our builders partners that are already there on our panel. So this is what needs to happen. If you want to capitalise in these areas that Terry's located and said, okay, there's going to be these billions of dollars spent on infrastructure and I want to make sure I have a piece of that, why wouldn't you want to have a piece of pie where the public purse is spending money in an area and you're getting the value uplift on that? I mean, we know, I've talked about it before, Terry, the reports are anywhere between two and $3 per dollar spent. So if someone, if an infrastructure project goes in at a billion dollars, we're looking at between two and $3 billion of property value uplift in the greater area surrounding it, just because of that infrastructure spent. I mean, why wouldn't you want to capture some of that uplift? That is the place to invest based on the infrastructure and in the hotspot locations. What do you reckon? Well, yeah, I mean, because of the infrastructure spend and the other factors that cause us to, to rate location as a top 10 hotspot um, there's going to be capital growth in these places but as we've pointed out as we've gone through some specific locations the vacancies are so low that rents are rising strongly so if you're creating a new uh, house and land package as an investor um, you're going to be getting um, a top rental a because you're creating a new property with all all the, the mod cons um, you're going to be getting a, a good quality of tenant um, because you're providing a a new property, but also because there's going to be so, so many applicants in the current circumstances, you're going to be able to command a, a, a top rental, probably higher than you would imagine. Um, and people are having that experience around the country at the moment. I've had it myself as an investor. We're projecting a certain wrinkle in my initial feasibility study for a property and then finding that when it's put out to the market, uh, getting, you know, you know, way above what, what the initial projection was because it's just such a shortage and there's so many people um, lining up to um, to want to rent a place when it becomes available. So it's it's a, a real opportunity um, to tick a lot of boxes that investors know. A growth market that's going to give capital growth, um, rental shortage, so you're going to get a high rental and a good rental return, um, and a new property that's going to be low maintenance and um, have great depreciation benefits. So ticking a lot of boxes for people at the moment. Yeah, look, I think so too. Terry, unfortunately, I know you're really upset about this, but we've, we're out of time. We've got to stop talking. God. Okay, well, um, you know, I always say um, the hard part is getting me to shut up when the subject is residential property. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's such a compelling topic at the moment. There's just so much happening that's dynamic and exciting and interesting around Australia at the moment. So, um, yeah, always have a look about it. Yeah, no, that's good. Look, I, I very much appreciate you coming on once again, and I think you're joining us uh, in a month's time for our end-of-year show, which is some pretty exciting news coming about that shortly. Uh, I know that you are super excited to be once again joining me on the, on the silver screen, Terry. I, I, am, I am a gog with excitement. It may, I may not be showing it on my face right now, but I am. Yep, see, I knew it, I can tell. All right, that's Terry Ryder from hotspotting.com.au and that's just a reminder, visit him on his webpage. Uh, that's hotspotting.com.au. Make sure you hit him up, check it out 
Uh, you'll see the panel partners that he's got on there. So Property Hotspot is on there as well. And you can download and purchase and download any of his amazing reports he's got on there, including today's report, which was the infrastructure report and the massive property boom coming off the back of that. It's a 120 page report. It is very much worth the purchase and download because it is pretty much one of the best reports I've had on this topic for that I've seen quite a number of years. All right, so that's it from us today. So make sure you check out Terry at hotspotting.com.au. Check us out in our property buying service in the, in the hotspot locations, which is propertyhotspot.com.au. So it's propertyhotspot.com.au. Click on there. You can always call us and we will be able to sort it out for you directly. one 89. So that's one 89. And you can hit us up on any of those websites you mentioned with the Contact Us pages. Or, of course, you can hit us up at hello at zenium.live. All right? There you go. That's all the ways to get a hold of us and we'll be able to help you buy in these hotspot locations and actually take good advantage of someone else's spending money in the area and you're going to benefit as the landlord. So why the heck wouldn't you want to do that? All right, that was today's guest, the magnificent, the maestro himself, Terry Ryder from hotspotting.com.au. This has been Zenium Live, where we talk all things money, finance, and property. And I've been your host, Scotty North. Till next time. <coughs>